0: Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, where a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining us once again as we dive further into the world of games. So we have talked about this a lot. There's a lot of games out there this year. There's a lot of things to be playing and we figured it's about time once again to do an update episode on what is going on, what we are playing and what we are enjoying right now i mean there's an obvious game out there that we will be discussing uh and it's boulders gate 3 uh and we might go into a little bit of spoilers we're not super far into the game i mean the game is massive right i think i have about 12 to 13 hours into it and you're pretty close to where i'm at it's you're not too far back uh so it's uh, yeah it's a lot it's a lot of game and it's a hell of a lot of fun. And it's just, it's done very, very well, obviously. Uh, and we will be discussing that one a little bit later at the, uh, towards the end of the episode, probably, because I think we both have a lot to say about this title. That's for damn sure. Uh, but before we dive into those ones too much, why don't we talk about some other t- smaller titles that we are playing right now? I'm just going to jump in with a couple mobile games that I'm playing currently, because uh, the mobile games market is. I don't know what's going on, man. Like, the games seem to be getting better and better, or at least on paper, they sound amazing. And then once again, you realize, oh, yeah, it's a mobile game. So it's probably just (laughs) Gachapon. It's always the same thing. So, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of buzz around Final Fantasy VII with the... And actually, was it today the new trailer drops for Rebirth? So, I mean... so this The new remake is amazing. The Rebirth trailer looks great. I was watching it a little bit earlier right now. I uh, am just super jazzed about that one. I uh, can't wait to play as my boy Vincent once again. But on mobile, they came out with uh, another Final Fantasy VII game that actually is com- supposed to be combining the stories and filling in the gaps between Final Fantasy VII, uh, Advent Children, and uh, Crisis Core, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of bridges the story and, there.
1: And uh, Dirge of Cerebus, too, oh, from my right. understanding. That's right. The, and for, they added the stuff, too. Game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really do want to go back and play Dirge of Cerebus and just kind of mm. see. But then at the same time, I don't want to waste my time.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So it definitely feels like one of those kind of games. Now, I was super jazzed for this. I actually pre-ordered this one, um, I don't know, three months before it actually came out. As soon as I saw it in my Instagram feed, I was like, hell yeah, pre-order. Give it to me now, right? Because it just sounded amazing and all the trailers look so cool. And while, yeah, it is really, I mean, it looks pretty on the phone. It looks really, really good. The gachapan mechanics behind it are getting in the way of my enjoyment, (laughs) to say the least. Uh, It's really hard to jump into this because I really want to know more but it just feels like I have to get through so much crap in order to get to it, right? Like you know the all of like the, the fifteen thousand pop-ups that happen as soon as you turn on the game every time, letting you know that hey, there's a new thing you can buy for a hundred dollars. And like the microtransactions are all over this place on this game. And like it does definitely You know, like it it makes the UI crowded, (laughs) to say the least. Uh, And it it just makes it a little difficult to really just jump in and enjoy. And uh, like some of the missions are very quick, I would say. Right. And it makes sense because on the main UI, it does have the three uh, games that I mentioned, uh, Advent Children, Crisis Core and Final Fantasy VII uh, listed as potential story beats for you to go through but you have to unlock them in sequential order so it looks like i have to go through all of final fantasy 7 in order to unlock crisis core which i'm assuming will tie in certain things and all that stuff and kind of answer some questions there it just feels like i have to spend i don't know five minutes going through all their messages and the notifications and all that stuff just to go to a mission and then a mission only lasts me about 30 seconds to a minute i'm like okay well that was fun i guess right like it's I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I, I kind of wanted a little bit more out of this. And it's weird. Like, I'm really trying to give it a chance because it's one of my favorite franchises, one of my favorite entries into the franchise. And it, it's putting together all of these amazing story beats that they've created over the years. And it just feels like it's falling a little flat, unfortunately. But I, I don't know. I'm I'm still hopeful and I keep wanting to go into it. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see.
1: I've been very curious about it. I remember um, being hyped about it and then forgetting about it. And the only way I remembered this game before you brought it up today was I saw someone complaining about the Gasha stuff, Mm -hmm. like, bad. And I was like, damn it. Like, I don't, I can usually look away from that stuff and be fine. But from the images I saw of it, and I have the game downloaded, I just haven't booted it up yet. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know, like, I, uh, if it's like constantly reminding you about it, that's when I get kind of like, meh, but I would love to see how they really connected all Final Fantasy VII, like, lore stuff together, because my understanding it's the original, right? They didn't add any mm-hmm. of this new stuff from the remake, so it'd There's be a fascinating little, to It see. is the original, but like.
0: At least in the opening, they kind of gave you a false teaser in the very hmm. beginning. As soon as you booted it up, the first cutscene you see, you see um Zach fighting. Right. No, you isn't Zach? You see fight? No, you see Cloud fighting, Sephiroth. And hmm. then it does like a warp and it's Zach fighting Sephiroth, right? Like it's actually Zach's memory, not Clouds of what's going on. And that's like the tutorial on teaching you how to fight. So that's when I was like, Oh, hell yeah. Like they actually made changes to the the story beats. To kind of tie everything together, what an amazing, fun way and a new experience for this. And then you get into the missions, and it's literally beat for beat the Final Fantasy scene or Final Fantasy game once again, right? And it's like ah, okay, I mean obviously mm. it's sped up, right? So and yeah. th- it it's there, and they you can tell that they modeled the avatars to kind of play on the old school polygon style of the original Final Fantasy VII because they look like that, like they're really like bulky and stuff like that. But it looks better still, regardless of the fact. And then when you get into combat, it's like legit graphics. But yeah, there was like a little teaser there that kind of kind of upset me. <laughs> once I realized, oh wait, no, this is the same game.
1: Again. Hmm. But, I think I'll still yeah. give it a try. I, yeah. I don't know. After seeing that trailer today for the um, the Rebirth, I'm like, oh, I need more 7 in my life again.
0: It's hard not to get hyped for that. It really is you know? And like, after watching that trailer, it made me wanna, like, I, I do wanna play or try the one on the phone again because it's the most accessible to me right now. But then I'm just like, ah, like, the Gachapon stuff,
1: right, like,
0: it's just, it just keeps getting me. I'm like, eh, nah, I'm good, I'm good. But another mobile game that I'm playing right now, I just started it today, actually, Um, just downloaded it. I think it might've just come out today, I'm not sure. Uh, But Monster Hunter has come out with a new mobile game as well. It's not Monster Hunter Stories again. I know that they basically released the same game twice and then the second (laughs) one. (laughs) But it is a Pokemon Go style Monster Hunter game. It's called Monster Hunter Now. And it looks really cool. I I mean, it's made by Niantic and it's literally using the same engine and everything that uh, Pokemon Go uses. Like it's legit the same damn thing. (laughs) Like it really feels that way. But it does feel like an updated Pokemon Go, which I really like as far as the visuals go. Right? I mean, the monsters look fantastic. They look—they're not like chibi or anything. They look legit, which is really cool. Uh, but the terrain itself, so like you—you you know, with Pokemon Go, uh, you see the roads and where you're at, and it does the GPS locations and everything. This does that too. But the terrain that you're walking on isn't just green, <laughs> like Pokemon Go is. It actually like creates biomes around you, which is really cool. So it almost incentivizes you more to walk over to different areas because of the different biomes that are around you. And I thought that was really fascinating and a really interesting way of doing it. Um, You, of course, get a Palico companion instantly. They can help you gather materials. The fights are really quick, and which is funny compared to the, what Monster Hunter is supposed to be, right? Like, the monster hunt, I mean, the hunts can go for a very long time. I feel like they drag on sometimes. But here, like, you can knock out the great Jargos in, like, 15 seconds, right? Which is pretty great. Huh. Which is nice because it's, you know, it's mobile. So you want something quick. You want some really fast rewards. Uh, they have weapon crafting. They have level ups for your equipment. You can do all of those things that you could do in Monster Hunter. But now in with like Pokemon Ghost, i take it on the go with you. Uh, you can even turn on AR mode, which is nice. So you can have the monsters appear where you're at. Like there is, there's some interesting things to this. So I'm excited to continue playing it and just seeing how it goes. Um, and hopefully it doesn't get flooded with microtransactions Which it will, of course. That's mobile gaming. (laughs) But hopefully it's not in my face so much that it's a distraction. It just lets me play and enjoy the game.
1: I feel like Pokemon Go, like, yeah, they're there, but they're not, like, constantly hounding you for it unless you really use up all your resources, Mm -hmm. if I remember right. I don't know. I only started playing Go again recently.
0: If you fill your bag up, which you will instantly. like It's funny. I remember they let me... Like, for some reason, I logged in and I had like 900 items, but my bag was only 300 full. So it wouldn't let me pick up anything. I was like, how is that even possible?
1: <laughs> like, I don't know
0: how that works. Like, why do I have so much crap? And in order to pick up anything new, because there was like some, it happened during some like random new update and I had to throw away like 500 things in order to pick up something new. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Or, pay four dollars to get a bag expansion but it was only adding 50 to my bag i'm like i'm not paying that that's dumb <laughs> so <laughs> it it's kind of weird i don't really know how that works out i think it's you can still pick up items from quests that you complete in pokemon go but you can't pick anything up from a Poké center so it's kind of weird right and it won't activate mm-hmm. like you actually went there unless you spin it and take and grab everything. Like it won't let you spin it if your bag is full. So like I can't do anything. Like so I got like I got like weirdly locked out of Pokemon Go <laughs> at one point. So it's kind of weird. Oh, that is weird. But anyway, well before I pass it on to you because I know you got some fun games on your list too. There's one thing I wanted to talk about that's not a game, but I'm incredibly hyped for. uh And I don't know if you've seen the trailer or heard about it yet or anything like that. But they are. Bringing out a Godzilla prequel, it's called oh, Godzilla yeah. minus one, and holy crap, does it look amazing! Like uh, Godzilla is scary again. It there's it it's it's a prequel to I believe it was 1954 uh, when the first Godzilla came out, and they're bringing it back to that time frame. Right, it's post war Japan. There's a lot of fear with the governments going on, and it's what Godzilla was all about originally. Which is really, really cool. And it's actually made by Toho. Uh, and Toho, <laughs> it, it, which is great, right? Toho makes amazing stuff and they've made some great Godzilla films. But they haven't made, I think the last Godzilla film they made was in 2017. So this is before the big boost to the franchise that the American Godzilla films brought in. And, you know, he became a savior, a guardian, the crazy kaiju, like God, basically. And it seems like Toho is bringing it back to no, Godzilla needs to be feared. He is a warning. He is something that like he speaks volumes a lot more than just being a giant lizard, right? Like there's a lot more to Godzilla than people think. And I'm really, really excited about that trailer. And I can't wait to watch Godzilla minus one. It just looks so good. And Godzilla's design looks great. And he's not just this Hulking beast of a monster the size of a mountain anymore. He's actually smaller again. And they did that on purpose, which I really like the reason for it. Because they even mentioned uh, there's a random interview that I was looking at where whenever you see the new American Godzilla stomping around and he happens to step on a building or step on some people, it feels like an accident, right? Because it's so big, you can't, like, he can't see down there. He doesn't know what's going on, right? But when Godzilla was smaller and walking through a town and destroying these things, it feels more intentional, where it's actually something to be feared, that he is actively going out and trying to kill these people. And that's the feeling that they're trying to bring back. And I was like, I love this. (laughs) Like, It's going to be so cool to see this title. And I, yeah, anyway, no, it's not a game, but it's something I'm super hyped about.
1: Godzilla's always cool oh yeah oh yeah i mean
0: even whenever he had that kid <laughs> the greatest
1: godzilla film ever i i just have the best memories of godzilla from that you know y2k style that was always on the taco bell oh gosh and, and the worst and godzilla like i know you hate that one but like yo that one slapped uh, for the time uh.
0: Ferris did his bueller, job. ferris bueller running through new york trying to stop godzilla yeah <laughs>
1: yeah that's uh, keno right there uh, um <laughs> just last thing about final fantasy during that trailer i think the greatest moment was cloud riding a segue
0: what yeah what, what is that
1: I was like, I'm trying to think like, you know, where would they even be? And I'm like, Costa del Sol? Like,
0: It has to be
1: Costa del Sol.
0: There's no other place that that, that leisurely, right?
1: Yeah, I'm like, that trailer just, it had so much in it. God, I loved it. Mm. Oh my God. Hearing Vince's voice, I was like, yes. I was looking at comparison photos from like the original seven and this and i'm like dude oh i'm stoked
0: i'm really curious about the in the trailer having uh sephiroth and cloud pairing up to fight i'm very curious well, of what that's going to be
1: oh well, there was that moment in seven where they did fight like some kind of dinosaur to- or dragon together
2: mm.
1: i forgot just, when that was though
0: it's not just like block that out for some reason <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think that was, like, a a memory that he had. Mm.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. Or the fact that at the arcade, the Brawl game, you can actually play as, like, the original Polygon versions of Cloud.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was cool, too. That looks
0: sick. Yeah, this this is going to be huge. There is so much in this one.
1: There was a lot of, like, fun games kind of announced today. Like, between that um and thousand year door you mm-hmm. know like i i never finished that game back in the day i played quite a bit of it it's good. so i'm 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 excited i mean i was starting to play it on uh, the dolphin emulator but this one looks interesting because some people notice that there's some characters added in there that weren't in the originals so people are wondering if they're adding content to the game oh but interesting yeah so we'll kind of see i guess uh so for me i think the last time we brought this up i had just finished octopath 2 Mm -hmm. so since then i i tried to beat a couple games out because i wanted to get it out of the way for starfield and i thought i was gonna get boulders gate uh for the ps5 because a buddy wanted to play it on there but due to money issues uh He's kind of waiting for sale, so I'm playing on PC. Uh, we'll, like I said, we'll get the boulder skate later because it's going to be a mm. long talk, probably. And but we
0: got to figure out how to pair up and put, do some playing ourselves. I'm on PC, so
1: yeah, so we can definitely get that going. Mm. Um, so after Octopath, I kind of just I was trying to jump around to getting some old games knocked off my list that you know, kind of people talked about so for the two older games i mean they're not old old but uh i played co-op far cry 5 which i mean it's whatever it's far cry Mm -hmm. but co-op was fun it i haven't laughed that hard in a long time in the game and if there's one thing i love about open world crap like that in co-op it's just it's funny you do stupid stuff you know like the story i mean i guess it was interesting like i never really played far cry games before i think i played two Mm -hmm. um i never got into the hype of three i know people like praise that game for the open world aspect of it but Mm -hmm. it was it was enjoyable for what it was but i think the game that when i brought this up to people they get really surprised but so most of my life i played rpgs right and everything under the Sun, except for like dude bro games. Mm-hmm. um, I had never played through a Call of Duty campaign before. Mm-hmm. So I played Modern Warfare Remastered, the first one. Not the, the remake that came out a few years ago, but like the remastered of the old one. Mm-hmm. And I was like looking at lists of like people saying like, oh, what are some like must play games throughout, you know, the decades? And modern warfare would always pop up. And I'm like, really? Like Call of Duty? Like I never thought of people saying the campaign would be good. And I mean, to an extent, it, it's just a military game. There was a mission or two in there that really stuck out to me, uh, like all guild up where you're kind of like going through this ruined town. And the shooting felt really good. <laughs> I will say like, goddamn! Like, I mean, I guess that's why people go to call of duty, right? The shooting just feels really good in that game. Right. And, uh, you know, it was enjoyable for what it was. It was a good distraction, uh, from other games. I felt like it was a game. I could kind of just turn my brain off and play, <laughs> but you know, I'm glad I played through it because I felt like I finally played through a game that people have, always talked about growing up but i just i've skipped out on those games like even i would only play call of duty at a friend's house like i never actually owned one i think i owned one and two back in the day and even then i was like just not into them Mm -hmm. like i didn't really get into shooting games like that to like battlefield bad company i think or something but uh yeah, so that was enjoyable. And then I played two newer games uh, to completion. I played Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, nice. which was really fun. Um, I will say that sometimes, even though I love the music in the game, in the beginning, when you don't have a lot of music selection to play through, it does get a little repetitive, mm. certain songs, um, which kind of made me <laughs> get pissed at the game for a little bit. But. Uh, It was very enjoyable. I feel like the quality of life things over, you know, jet set radio and stuff like that, it or jet grind radio. Mm -hmm. um, It was nice not having to run out of spray paint and have to go collect more. You know, it, everything just felt super smooth about it. I I really liked the game. You know, later on, like, yeah, the platforming is kind of weird in it, but it is also really cool i uh i really enjoyed this game a lot and i think anybody that has an interest in those older titles i think would really like this because it 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 feels the same in a lot of ways like it really does feel like a third game in the series and it it's what i needed right like i basically played that right after octopath and it was like the perfect kind of like chill out game nice and it is it made by the same people or no right no not that i know of i don't think so Hmm. uh the the music is the same person though
0: oh that's cool
1: so and it it literally sounds like it came from like y2k era like it the vibe is like perfect like if there is a game that had like strong vibes of anything this year, this game would be like up there. Mm-hmm. I was pleasantly happy with it, so I went into it with like somewhat high expectations and happy with it. You you get a lot for your money in that game. Like that game is surprisingly longer than I thought.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, uh, I keep. I realize I keep talking. Do you do you have another game you want to talk about?
0: Uh, I'm I mean it just
1: Sea of Stars is the only other game besides
0: Baldur's.
1: Oh well, that was the game I was gonna talk about next. Oh
2: well,
0: look at that. Perfect timing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'll because I finished the game, I want to hear okay. you first. Okay.
0: I mean as, so far, I think I'm about ten or eleven hours in. I'm at the what was it? Wanderer's Island? Wandering Island or whatever. I just got mm, the, okay. the pirate ship. Okay. So I it, uh, okay. Yeah. Th- this game is very interesting. I am really really enjoying my time with it. I I mean instantly I because I remember playing the 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 demo back you know originally and the visuals caught my eye right away. Like these are gorgeous pixel graphics and it's just so much fun. And then playing the combat, it's the combat is really great. It's turn-based, but it's very fast-paced and every like basically every single attack has a uh, like a button prompt to it or like a rhythm section to it but it's it works really well and it makes the turn based combat feel a lot smoother and quicker um to the point where you can even cancel out enemy moves if you do the right combos in time and you do get a warning of what you're supposed to do what you're supposed to hit them with in order to knock out these combos and i like that touch a lot and then on top of that, the story's actually very interesting. And the, the character development is fantastic. Uh, there's it's goofy, so it's not taking itself too seriously. So, but it does have a very like heartwarming thing at, uh, part to it as well. Uh, but I'm very curious of who the narrator is or the um what's the name of him? The archivist. Because it's like it's it's mm-hmm. pretty amazing to see, yeah, like I mean, they're obviously very well versed in the tale of these these solstice warriors, so I I'm kind of anticipating it might be one of the characters in the party that is now just leading that charge or whatever. But like, I I, I don't know. I really do like this game a lot, and it, I've been playing it in between Boulder's Gate. So when I'm taking a break from that, and I want to just kind of you know melt or chill out a little bit. I've been putting that one on and there's some interesting stuff too. So if this is a very like classic RPG style game, like it really does feel like Chrono Trigger, right? And the, as far as like the combat, the exploration, the movement, that kind of stuff and the way that the maps look, but the, they have these things that are called artifacts in the game that you can purchase and it actually simplifies some aspects. It speeds things up in certain areas Or, like, it makes the game a little easier. Like, there's an artifact that can boost your HP by 100%, which is cool, right? So you don't have to worry about too much of healing. There's another artifact that after every battle, you heal uh, your party completely. So you don't have to worry about item management if that's something that you're not really into, right? Like, and you can turn these things on and off depending on what you want as far as a challenge or if you want to just enjoy the story if you're not really into it right now, right? Like there's ways to kind of speed it up and it is just amazing the and once again the character design the boss designs everything about i i love that stuff so much and it's it's been a lot of fun i'm really excited to play through this one i'm excited to see where it goes because the story feels a lot bigger than it should (laughs) like uh, what it's like what's delivered on the surface like there's a lot more to it for sure
1: yeah, the relics really did kind of change the game up, and I feel like in certain ways, like it was something that I don't know it. It's not like it made the game ten times easier. Maybe that health one mm-hmm. um, did, but everything else, like it, like the extra experience and stuff, was actually really nice. But um, yeah, because you do yeah, level up so, kind of
0: slow. The level up system's weird in this game.
1: That yeah, is awesome. it's it's really slow, even with that relic on. And, uh, so I beat the game mm-hmm. and I backed this game back, uh, when it was on Kickstarter Oh, and nice. my name is actually in the credits, which is kind of cool. It, oh, it, that's it's cool. initialized, which is kind of a bummer. I didn't think about that when I made my Kickstarter account, I didn't put my full name in it, but
0: are you in the, name's the
1: crypt? you know i didn't check that actually i know check. i'm in the credits i i should go and check i didn't get a backer code so mm. i don't all right maybe i did i gotta i gotta look i'm pretty sure if my name is in the credits it would be in the credits
0: that's so cool
1: um and you know i i was super hyped for this game you know i i love chrono trigger a lot and knowing that the music is the same like It it sounds like a game from that era. Like it's kind of unbelievable Mm -hmm. how well it sounds. But I it it's funny because all throughout the game I was really enjoying it. When I beat it, I was kind of like, hmm. But now as I've had like a couple days to kind of think about it in a lot of different ways, and I wanted to like kind of like bring up some good and bads of my playthrough in this episode. I've learned that I I really do like it. I just think that playing it basically right after Octopath 2, Mm. it was like, it's a little tough. And I mean, Octopath 2 is probably written by a bunch of people, right? Right. Like the different stories. It has a lot bigger budget and all that. Whereas this game didn't. And I mean, yeah, in some ways you can feel it, especially after playing that. I was like, ooh, like some things are a little rough. Mm but at the end of the day, I love the combat in that as a fan of Mario RPG and having timed hits. It it just felt good to me. It was pretty easy to master that for the most part. I know some people were saying they didn't they didn't like how there wasn't anything like crazy creative with it, but I thought it worked. Yeah, it was uh,
0: simple. I didn't need to have a lot to it and every character had their own thing right like
1: yeah like there's a lot more that's going to be happening after where you're at you know like it's interesting the pacing in the game uh with different like mechanics and gameplay stuff that happens and the game like i I do like how it slowly opens up to you more and more Mm -hmm. i do think that it's kind of weird how you don't there's a thing that you get and it's like basically right at the end and I'm like why do they wait this long but mm-hmm. uh, to get the true ending because there mo- there's two endings um, the true ending the, there's a couple different things you have to do most of it is all stuff basically right before the final boss uh, that you can do mm-hmm. I I ended up doing it and you got I every the true ending- conch Jesus yeah. <laughs> it well later on you get a relic that tells you like when you hover over the map, mm-hmm. it'll the character will be like telling you basically, Oh, it's in this map.
0: Oh that's go nice. here.
1: That's nice. Um so there was that. And so that made it easier. Um there were some other parts that were a little bit more difficult, but uh I I enjoyed the game that much. And Honestly, like to me, I think my only problems with the game and for like looking at this in a sense that this is still considered an indie RPG is that for an indie RPG, this game has done amazingly well, mm-hmm. you know, the graphics, the sound, everything to me, the story it's interesting because it had some really good highs and other times I was just kind of like, Hmm. Yeah. I really like the characters. I honestly, like I, I like the innocence of Garl, but at the same time I was like, it, kind of felt like he, they were trying to make him the main character because he was always like taking lead and taking charge when the other two are like these more powerful beings right and i was just kind of like why like i i feel like maybe he played as like oh this is must how the player would feel if they were in this interaction which you know a lot of rpgs do that hmm especially of that era. And I think that this game, after playing Wild Arms before Octopath, I realized that this game, I feel like, really went for that old school feel, for better or for worse. And for me, I think it was for the better in most ways. But there are some things that, you know, if you, if the pixels didn't look as clean as they were, and this game wasn't released, you know, last month. I would feel like this game was released a decade or two ago, because a lot of the things in it feel like those old school RPGs mm. and story included, like it it feels very of that time, which, you know, is cool. I, I love that era of RPG, even if they can be broken sometimes, but i still enjoyed this game a lot and i'm happy i backed it and you know it's high up there on my list this year you know i think to me i still enjoyed octopath 2 which is crazy because i never thought I, I would enjoy that more mm-hmm. but it's it's been a great year for rpgs as we spoke about before right and this is great you know i Between this and Iodin Chronicles, which is the other game I backed and seeing that trailer today. Oh my God. I'm very excited for that. It's, it's good to see that these indie RPGs are doing so well. I mean, this game got really high scores, which is awesome. I kind of thought this game would get lost in the mud with all these other big games that came out, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, hard to release a game when there's like not only boulders Gate 3, but you know, you have Starfield and all this other stuff that's coming out. Yeah. Which um speaking of that, that's so before I get into Starfield, because I will rant about that for a few minutes, but <laughs> some of the fun games I've been playing and still playing right now, uh I'm also playing a lot of the guitar hero games again. Really? Uh so I looked out a while ago and was able to get uh, one of the guitars for the 360 really, really cheap. And I was like, oh, man, I kind of am in the mood to play some Guitar Hero. But I only own them on the PlayStation 2, mm. which I don't have the guitar for. And so I started buying Guitar Hero games pretty cheap. Anytime I go to a thrift store, I would find one of them. So I was like, oh, I'll just keep buying all of them. And I'm at the point where I bought almost all guitar centered games for the 360 <laughs> like i'm missing like rock band like, i'm missing a lot of rock band stuff basically mm-hmm. uh, i got rock band green day and one but other than that like most guitar hero stuff i i think at this point i have everything except for live and uh dude i love it like it it feels good going back to 2 and 3 cuz those are the two that i played back in the day mm-hmm. but you know i never played five or world tour or warriors of rock like i'm playing all of these and i'm like dude this is it's so much fun like i it feels good playing this like we're playing it together and it's just like it's fun like every night we just hang out play a couple songs and it feels good you know i i I didn't think i would enjoy them again but damn it's a lot of fun uh it's a good like in between other games, basically, but uh yeah, starfield,
2: oh boy. um,
0: yeah, I looked at it. I haven't tried it, but damn, that looks like an awesome game
1: it It's cool i'll put I'll give it that much um I didn't really go in with high hopes for this game mm-hmm. because as much as i spent a lot of time with skyrim and i love the fallout games i was kind of going into this thinking oh this is going to be a good mix of both of those genres both of those games and to an extent it does feel like a good mix of those more so on the fallout side and there's a lot of things i do like about this game but there's also a lot of things i don't like about this game and i feel like it's kind of right there in the middle Mm -hmm. and the problem is it's like the main story at times it's kind of interesting but at the same time it's like it doesn't blow me away Mm. and but i mean that's a problem with all of their games like they're always kind of like boring but the factions and side quests are usually where it shines and this game is the same way like i'm doing a couple of factions and those storylines are awesome like oddly enough, they add more to the lore of the game than the main story. And that's when I was doing that, I was, I, I became more interested in the game, mm. but you know, I feel like my issues with this game are not really the same as what a lot of other people have issues with. Like the pronoun um, stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. I God, I can't believe that blew up as much as it did. Why is that a uh, problem?
0: I don't understand why that's a problem.
1: Uh, people are stupid. It, it, it I could maybe see if someone was forced to do that where they had to play as something they're not. But you don't have but to. if you have the choice, right. I'm just like, why does it matter? Yeah. And apparently and you it just doesn't see...
0: even come up. Like or it, it comes, doesn't. Yeah.
1: Like it it yeah. It's just like a little checkbox that doesn't do anything. But yeah, that that really took over Twitter for like Two or three days, like nonstop. Yeah, people Um, were bringing that up.
0: I'm like, really? This is the complaint. You guys are dumb.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that like basically covered up all these other complaints that people had. Like a lot of them were just more so like they wanted more exploration, all that kind of stuff. But for me, it was like at times I feel overwhelmed by the amount of stuff in it, Mm -hmm. but I also feel kind of bored with the amount of stuff in it. Right. I think that. You know, when I played Skyrim, it was something that I just spent all my time in because I didn't really have much interest in anything else around the time. So it was easy for me to get sucked into it. And the problem with this game is that there's so much I want to play right now. Uh, you know, even anything that's maybe coming out soon or stuff that's come out. You know, with Baldur's Gate 3, it's like hard because that game is just so goddamn good. Yeah. That it's hard to go back to this. I mean, this game is faster paced, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like it. Right. I feel like if I have two hours to spend, you know, in a night to play it, I feel like I'm not really advancing far because it's like there's just so much that pops up. And then you're just like, oh, I'm going to do this quest today. Oh, I'm going to do this. And it's like you never. I feel like you're accomplishing much, Mm -hmm. but there are some things I do like about this game. And I feel like maybe in time things will get kind of cleaned up with it. But (laughs) as of right now, it's like if I had a top 10 for this year, I don't think it'd be up there. And I mean, I mean this game this year has had amazing games. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not like that's a total diss to the game, but it's just it. It's okay. I'll put it that way. There' a lot of systems I like about it, but eh, there's there's just too much to play. And as I'm like slowly thinking about this, and since while we were oh, this is the last thing I'll talk about too, mm-hmm. while we've been you know off from you know a lot of reruns and stuff with the episodes, I've kind of like thought about what I wanted to do with kind of this channel and stuff with that and even like with my own personal stuff i wanted to you know start cataloging like old playstation games and trying to dive into the history of them but something that i thought about as i was listening to some of our older episodes was you know thinking about like indie titles right Mm -hmm. like that's kind of like what we usually like to focus on And I was thinking, man, it'd be kind of cool, you know, like when we had that episode talking about like the indie history, it was already kind of hard finding stuff for like old indie. I know everyone kind of jumps to shovel or not shovelware, but shareware and flash games, and that's cool. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to find stuff more on, you know, early 2000s, right? Like basically the in between flash games and Xbox Live Arcade era mm-hmm. right like 2005 stuff like that and it's very hard to find information on it that's been written out by someone and i've been looking into it and i'm like oh this is i think something i want to work on and with the closing of the 360 marketplace uh next year you know there's i think 220 titles that are you know getting knocked off and granted a good chunk of those are available elsewhere but there's a good chunk that aren't and i was thinking oh it'd be kind of fun to kind of look into those games that are probably going to be lost forever Mm, and it made me realize like there were a lot of indie titles like way before you know even braid which most people think braid is kind of like when indie games started or cave story Mm -hmm. but diving into old steam databases and stuff it's they have been around longer it's just they looked very different from what we know and if you disregard steam you can find indie games even older especially on pc and it's like exciting because i'm learning a lot of new stuff and as i'm starting to try and learn how to make a game seeing these old examples of games people made indie style, right? They didn't have a big publisher. I'm like, I want to make something like it's weirdly motivating and it's kind of exciting me. So
2: I don't know. I,
1: I hope to, impart some knowledge on some old indie stuff soon either through maybe an episode again or maybe a video or something because i've definitely got some footage already of some older stuff so nice be kind of fun
0: you know what actually helped me out a lot too with the like the appreciating indie games or older games was Mm -hmm. the game design classes that i'm running is remaking those games and figuring out like really what went into them and how like why it was it, like, with Star Fox, right, with the double aiming system, how they have the square and mm-hmm. the circle, well, that was because of the forced perspective. Like, when I was trying to make Star Fox, everything that I shot, like, because of the way that the ship turns, the reticle was completely off because the reticle goes right in front of your character. So if you do another one a little further out, the perspective is a little bit better and it actually feels better, right? So that's why they did the double. I'm like, oh, that's actually really cool. And just figuring that out through like trial and error and just trying to recreate the games, it's a really fun way of appreciating them. So I would definitely recommend that, especially since you're going in hmm. and, you know, teaching yourself how to make these games anyway, or learn how to make games. Why not make something that you loved and just recreate it and get a better appreciation for it? Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. All right. I think it's that time. <laughs> We pushed mm. it off long enough. We're gonna talk about Boulder's Gate Three now, cause oh man, this game is so good. So for those of you who don't know what Boulder's Gate Three is, then you're crazy and you don't play video games. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so it is a new like a game made by Larian Studios. They made games like obviously Boulder's Gate One and Two, but then they've also made Divinity: Original Sin One and Two as well.
1: Uh, and they actually, oh, oh, real quick. Yeah um it, they didn't do the first two boulder's gates oh they didn't no oh, i
0: thought they did
1: Uh. Uh-uh. uh.
0: oh interesting
1: no they basically the only thing they've really done was divinity, is then. uh divinity yeah like they've done i think divinity actually just turned like 21 years old like it, it's old like you know two thousands but That's yeah no boulder's crazier. gate um i feel like That wasn't Obsidian.
0: Was Was it? it? Oh, it was Obsidian, wasn't it?
1: Oh, it's Bioware and Mm. Black Isle. That's what it was.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, sorry about that, (laughs) Mismint. But this, I mean, if you played Divinity, then you are familiar with the mechanics of Boulder's Gate. And I really enjoy Divinity. Uh, I I love those games, but Boulder's Gate takes it to a whole nother level. Uh, It is literally the closest thing you can get to Dungeons and Dragons 5e right now while playing a video game. And you can pick like the character creation is so in depth, the like the relationships that you can have with the party members, their stories, everything is so well written and the world is massive where, you know, I've been playing I think I have like 14, 13, 14 hours in it. And I feel like I've barely scratched the surface of this game. I mean, I've already respected all my characters once, of course, but (laughs) very early on in the game, I did that, I think like five hours in. Uh, but the, the the this game is amazing. It's so so much fun. The visuals are just mind blowing. To be honest, like I I would be surprised to see a better looking game, right? And like it, the with the cutscenes, they're obviously phenomenal. The gameplay scenes, just the I, I'm just completely blown away by this. So I'm curious, before like reactions to the game and all that, what is you? What was your starting class? Like, what were you running? Did you do the full, like, murder god <laughs> run <laughs> as your first one?
1: Yeah, I'm a, a dark urge <laughs> yeah. uh, warlock, dro. So, my character looks kind of evil. Like, it, it's great. Like, I haven't, I've been a little too afraid to be fully evil in it, but I have done some, like, mean stuff, mm. you know. I, but I'm, I'm not being mean to my companions because I just want. All of them. Right. Right. It's, it feels like Pokemon. I'm trying to collect all of them.
0: What's crazy is you can kill companions right
1: away on accident or like. Oh, yeah. Can, I had, Yeah. You can kill Gale pretty easy.
0: Yeah. Just don't feed him.
1: <laughs> I'll just rip his arm off in the portal. There's
0: that too. Right. On accident. Yep. A uh, strength check with it. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like uh, if you let it happen, Will and Carlac will fight each other instantly. So oh, like, I you kind of have to like mediate between them. So I am a little bit further than you. I have all the characters you can get in Act One currently. There are some characters that you can get in Act Two as well. Uh, but I I went with a um, tiefling ranger actually, uh, and I was hmm. it, I wanted to play something that I've never played as before because originally I was going to do rogue, and I was like, like I already know how the rogue plays. I get it right. But I'm gonna get my rogue fix in. I'm gonna multi-class as soon as I get the extra hit because I figured why not? Right. I'm one level away, might as well try and get some extra hits in there. Cause i I'm very surprised by this. Like with Divinity Two, I remember like a lot of the fights I went in pretty headstrong, right? Like I saw the fight, I just went for it, and then we just kind of dealt with the outcome afterwards. This one, I'm there's so much going on in the environment and the way like how fluid the gameplay actually is it makes me really want to explore the environment beforehand, right? Like look ahead a little bit more, try and plan things out. And playing as a a ranger, I can, you know, do that. I can scout out and just do some sneak attacks from afar with the bow, like, you know, with set out Hunter's Mark, do some extra damage. And I've been able to actually take people out before the rest of their party even notices because I'm able to do it from so far away as a ranger. And I'm like I, I like this a lot actually right so it's it's been fun and as far as companion characters I have Shadowheart of course because I need a healer I have Carlock as my big hitter and then Gale as my wizard and it's just been a lot of fun I'm I'm I, there there's just so much to talk about with this game that I just don't even know where to start <laughs> like there's so much to it and it's just so enjoyable and. What's been really amazing to me is that this game is one in which people that do not really know about this style of game, or they're not a big fan of it, or they feel like they're not because they've never tried one out before. They're curious. Now they're excited, like they actually want to pick it up and try it out. So it's it's really cool to see this resurgence with this style of game. And there's a lot of strategy based games coming out now. Like I, I feel like, As soon as Baldur's Gate 3 dropped, I'm just getting, like, list after list of new, like, strategy games coming out or best old strategy games that have been out that you might have missed, right? Like, it's really crazy of how much it's been brought to the limelight now. And I'm I'm so excited to keep playing this game. Like, oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, I... I'm waiting to change up my party because I have Esterion or whatever his okay. name is. Yeah, um, the vampire. Which will. I mean, he plays perfectly with dark urge ideas. You know, like he's mm-hmm. probably one of the few that actually like approves of when you do something. I messed feel up. like
0: Esterion will and Lysel would be your best party,
1: which is their, yeah. their
0: attitudes.
1: I yeah i ha- Shadowheart's shadow heart's cool like her is like an actual class is very useful to my party mm-hmm. like I, I she just all around feels useful and then uh i have Gale, but i mean i feel like i could kind of take his place so that's why i'm like oh i can i'll keep shadow heart for now and switch out the others but i'm i'm digging it you know i think I, I wanna play around with different parties. I guess I've just gotten so comfortable with my party that I haven't really like added in uh oh god, I forget her name, but the, the green lady. Oh
0: Lizelle. Or Lizelle. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I think I'm gonna add her in just because I don't really have a physical attacker. Mm-hmm. So Let's wait till you get Carla. Uh, Ooh boy. I know. I, I want I want her really bad. But um It but she, it's kind of surprisingly, insane. Surprisingly
0: she has a kind heart. So, it might not go good with your, like, bad attitude. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Because hmm. she, she doesn't want to be, because she's been, she's forced to be a demon and be a fighter. Like, she didn't want to right. be. So, yeah, she actually wants to kind of just live life, honestly.
1: Oh, I still have to deal with my evil ways. <laughs> uh, but it, it's interesting because I feel like, this game, it's kind of crazy how much they throw at you in the beginning. I uh once you get out of the ship, right the very very beginning,
0: the Nautilus. Yep.
1: Yeah. You know, you start getting your party members and I was talking to a friend who was playing it too and I told him, "Oh, did you go to the ruins that are like right there?" And he was like, "No, I I didn't even see a way in." And I was like, "Yeah, there there's a whole lot to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you did it. Oh, you yeah. did it right. Yeah, I went right to the room. Yeah, you get there's Whatever right his name.
0: Um, And I found both ways to get in where you can just fall through the middle
1: or oh, yeah go to the
0: hatch. So, and that fight in there, I actually got out of that fight by persuading them that they should go somewhere else. <laughs> and they were like, damn. Well, you're right. We probably should. No, they are like,
1: oh, oh yeah. the people outside. Yeah. yeah. I thought you meant in the crypt. No, yeah, as soon as you drop that in the was crypt, funny. it's an instant fight. So, yeah. But no,
0: it's it's cool. I mean, yeah, getting withers is great. And being able to respec your party is fantastic. And for all the min-maxers out there, for 100 gold, you can actually respec your characters at any point in time, which is fantastic. And you can even change the base stats of the companion characters. So if you want Gale to be an even stronger wizard, you can take away a couple points in charisma, which he doesn't really need. And then drop yeah. them into intelligence, wisdom, dexterity, all that other good stuff. Or if you feel like someone's a little too much of a sponge and they're like they're, you know they're getting hit way really too hard, you can put a couple extra points in constitution, like just for 100 gold. And what's nice is that as soon as you do it, you can go through all the levels once again, right? You can change out the spells you've learned. Try out a different domain with Shadowheart. Like I have uh, the light domain on Shadowheart right now. I thought about putting her with the life, but I picked light because I was curious about it. I've never, I've read about it in the books, but I never really like seen anyone play it. But very early on at level four, she has a spell. It's a light radiant spell. It doesn't really like explain that this is a damage dealing spell too well, in, in my opinion. But it is, has a huge AOE where I think I was, I was surrounded by a bunch of spiders at one point. I think there was like eight spiders around me. I'm like, oh crap. I did this and it hit everyone for eighteen. I was like, "Oh my god!" (laughs) Like it just completely wrecked shop, and I was able to take out six of the eight spiders in that one go, and then quickly pick them off with Carlock. And I was like, "This is awesome!" (laughs) Like I I love this so much. So I do that. The her spell equipment's great, but it's just a lot of fun exploring and trying out these new things and. I mean, if you do get Car-like, just keep her Berserker. It fits. It makes the most sense, and it actually makes the most sense story beat wise. So, it is a lot. Yeah, I, what I really would say is that the the thing that's fascinating me the most about Baldur's Gate is that there are so many different ways of approaching the same exact problem. So, for instance, very early on in Act One, you have to go to a Goblin camp right and while you're there there's a mission to defeat the three goblin leaders and there's different ways of doing this um i went in and kind of handled one by one by sneaking around and taking off small groups uh, so that i can wander around the goblin camp pretty quickly uh and but then as soon as i finished that i decided to just look up i was just curious i'm like there has to be other ways of doing this and i saw someone do a full like no fighting no damage taken run of the entire goblin camp and taking out all three of the leaders and some of the ways were really really funny like for instance one of them he's standing up on a table and there happens to be a pit next to him and you just drink a potion of invisibility go up stand on the table next to him and push him in the pit and guess what he's dead (laughs) like just bail you run (laughs) out of there another one like you can convince them to cross this bridge like to head to a different part of the goblin camp and as they're walking across, if you shoot the bridge with a bow, you can destroy the bridge and she falls, right? Like while she's walking across. And it's like, okay, haha, like we're done. And the rest of her team is on the other side of that bridge. so They can't get to you. So it's like, all right, I'm safe. <laughs> and then you just bail out of the backside of the room. Like it's pretty crazy what you can do and just how many different ways you can solve a problem. And I, I think that's great. And one nice thing that I'd say Bowlersgate put in is that violence isn't always the answer and i like how that's been instilled into this game and it's been brought to the forefront of it where you can go in guns blazing and just fight everything out there and that's fine right and you can get a really good amount of experience that way you can pick up a lot of really cool loot or just a lot of things to sell right and fill your bags and sell them later but you can talk your way out of almost every single conflict like almost every single one i'd be I'm excited to see like a year from now a full pacifist run of this game because I guarantee that it's going to be out there in one of these days. Uh, but the like, the fact that Boulders Gate actually rewards you. You still get experience if you talk your way out of a fight. So you don't have to fight everything just to level up. So that is a nice thing to reward players that way if that's something that they, how they want to play or just kind of rewarding them for finding out a different solution to that problem. So it's an... yeah. It, there's a lot and it's it's been a lot of fun playing it.
1: Uh, I didn't think about that that you get like the same experience as a fight. That, that does make it nice cuz I have talked my way out of most of the stuff that I can. Mm-hmm. But you're still getting this kind little, of enjoyable chunk
0: of uh, experience, right? Like yeah. the, the last one I did, I think I got like 200 experience for talking my way out of a fight and when enemies are only dropping 10 to 20 experience each and there's only five on the field, I'm like, well, I like, got more right like i actually have a net gain for talking my way out of this one so it's 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 very like it's on par with actually fighting so but you know it does take checks and things like that and what's nice is you can change which party member does the talking like if you want to so like if someone has better persuasion than your main party member because remember your main party member is not going to have the best stats in everything and it's not pulling from every character it's pulling from who's actually having the conversation. So it's there's a lot of mechanics in the background, but it never feels overwhelming. I feel like this would be a really great entry into this kind of game for anybody because uh, like, there's a lot, but you can almost ignore a few things and still have a very enjoyable time and slowly learn the system as you play through. So,
1: Yeah, I feel like if... Someone wanted to play a CRPG that had a lot of quality of life to it. I think this would be probably the best recommendation. I know the Pillars of Eternity is usually the other one. A lot of people say is friendly enough for people to get into. Mm -hmm. But I think this game translates really well to fans of other styles of RPGs for people. Because I've seen people that I know get really into this game and they normally don't like these style of rpgs right and it's interesting you know i mean i've always appreciated computer rpgs but i never really spent a whole lot of time with them you know i was always more into basically every other style of rpg mm-hmm. because crpgs always seem very slow and sometimes if it if a game is too slow in that regard i'll just lose interest but i love games that are stat heavy and this game i think does it well while it's not as stat heavy as other ones i think that this is like the easiest way to get into this style Mm -hmm. um and i am curious to see you know in the future if people try to follow this style of polish i doubt it i mean I don't think people should be held to that kind of you Standard, know, yeah. level mm-hmm. because this is by people that make these kind of games. So, you can't expect others to do that. But I I truly like this game a lot. I normally nowadays don't really care to play through a game a second time because I have no time. But this seems like the kind of game i would want to just because i do want to see the dark urge all the way through Mm -hmm. because so far the scenes that i've had because of it have been pretty funny like they they're kind of messed up like i kind of love how my character is like that and uh yeah i'm i'm loving it i'm excited i mean this year is so damn good like boulders gate is basically gonna hold me over until I don't know. October is another big month of games. And hopefully we play more games just so our next update yeah, will have a lot of stuff. I feel but,
0: like uh, going to take over a lot.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I have a few indie games lined up. I know uh, Gunbrella just came out, so I might give that a whirl. Nice. And uh, might be looking into some older games too, just because, yeah, b- right before. You messaged me about this episode. I was like, just starting Boulder's Gate three again, because I was like, man, Starfield's kind of like boring me. So I jumped to this, and I was like, I should really play through some of these other titles. So, yeah, I'm still slowly plugging away at Silent Hill two, mm. and uh, yeah, I think next month will be a pretty good update because I'm pretty sure we'll get through Boulder's Gate by then.
0: I don't know, uh, hundred plus hours. <laughs>
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, it's hard to fit in hours nowadays for me. So it's like definitely a game that's going to take quite a long time.
0: I feel like this is going to definitely be one of those that you just kind of keep picking up over the years and just keep playing and yeah. enjoying it. I mean, look at the the rating for Divinity 2. It's been, what, six, seven years now that that game has been out. It's still a 10 out of 10. So like these guys know what they're doing. They're, like this is gonna be this is gonna be on people's radar for a very long time.
1: Six years, Jesus!
0: I remember that game came out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, and that's running on the Switch now. That's just ridiculous. But yeah, anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
0: forgot about that. Jesus. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's crazy. But anyway. I think that's gonna do it for us this week thank you guys so much for listening and and we'll talk to you guys next week with the next set of games and uh by the way before i say bye um what are you guys playing as what i'm curious about like what race what you know class what well, all that stuff would you guys because there's a lot out there and i saw some of the stats from larry on um about the boulders gate and what people are picking and it's a little surprising so it's kind of fun to check it out but anyway Talk to you guys next week and bye for now.